Welcome to the You Can Tell the Children podcast, a place where sharing God's word with the next generation in your circle of influence can be simple, easy, and fun. We know that intentionally teaching children about God and the relevancy of His word will be a game changer in their homes, schools, and communities. This podcast is a ministry of Bible to School, the experts in engaging children with the word of God. Together, we will make sure you can tell the children about the love of Jesus. Ready, set, let's go. Welcome to the You Can Tell the Children podcast. I'm your host, Corey Pennypacker, and this is episode 17. Have children ever asked you, why did God make me the way I am? Why did he make me different from my friends? Our guest today, Jamie Ivey, talk show host, author, speaker, and podcast host, answers those questions for us in her new children's book called God Made You You. Jamie will unpack why it is so important to start addressing kids' incredible value and identity in Christ early in their life. And it's okay that God made us all different. Check out our show page at BibleToSchool.com. That's Bible, the number two, school.com for resources just for you. Let's join our conversation with Jamie right now. We are so excited to talk to someone very special on our podcast today who has influenced so many people for Christ in our ministry. Welcome, Jamie Ivey, to You Can Tell the Children. We're so happy to have you here, Jamie. Corey, thanks for inviting me. I'm happy to be here. Absolutely. But I've been learning things about you, and I want to learn lots more. So do our listeners today. You are a person who is so passionate about sharing Jesus with people. Uh, to sharing stories and encouraging people. Um, so much so, you I found out you're a blogger. You have been for a long time. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're a podcaster. You have a YouTube talk show, as, which I thought was really cool. And you're an author of several books with a new children's book coming out that we're going to talk about today. But before we get to that, tell us where you're from, your family, and introduce yourself to our friends. Yeah, thanks for having me. I am a mom of four. So my husband, Aaron, is a pastor at our church and we all live in Austin, Texas. My kids are, they're in high school and middle school. So I have a senior, I have two sophomores, and then I have an eighth grader, 17, 16, 15, 13. You are busy. Wow. I am so busy, (laughs) so busy. And also just having a lot of fun in parenting and a lot of anxiety and stress and worry in parenting as well. (laughs) I think you know this, Corey, as you have older kids. So that's what that is. And I host a podcast, The Happy Hour Jamie Ivy, and another show with my husband we host and just get to do a lot of great, fun things. And so I love my job and I love my people. Well, that's awesome. Well, I know we're going to probably start from the beginning because that's where we do around here because we're all about children. But when did you come to know Christ and, and what was your journey like growing up? Yeah, Corey, I grew up in a, in a family who loved God. My parents are believers, and I grew up going to church every single week of my life. I never remember not going to church until I got to high school and was really rebellious. So I grew up knowing a lot about God, um, which I'm thankful for that. Great foundation. But I didn't know God or trust him or believe him or want to follow him. I would have said that I was doing all those things, but there was zero fruit in my life. There was nothing about my life inwardly or even outwardly that would have said, oh, there's something different about her. She follows Jesus. And so I kind of lived this double life through late high school and early college of going to church with my family and telling people I was a Christian, but also 
not wanting to follow God. It's like I wanted some of him, but I didn't want him to be like the king of my life. So that was my journey of late high school, sexually active at a young age, heavy drinking at a young age. And when I was 21, I went to the Passion Conference. And um, at that conference, that's Lou Giglio, right? Uh huh. Yeah. Lou yeah. Shelley started that years ago. And I went, I believe, I mean, I think I would have been at the second or third one. And it's funny to look back because I don't know why I said yes to going to that conference. It's like such a God thing, you know, because that wasn't in my lane. I didn't care about things like that, which also now that I say that makes me kind of think maybe I did care about it. And I just really, you know, wasn't aware of that. It was, we, I think the Holy Spirit was doing a lot in my life. And there, I mean, came face to face with like, man, I, I want to actually follow Jesus. And so life changed a lot. Um, and so I was 21 when I started following Jesus. And then a few years later, married my pastor, uh, married my pastor. I did not marry my pastor. <laughs> a few <laughs> years later, I married my husband uh-huh. who um, has always been in ministry. So went straight from, we've been doing things um, within local church and larger church body for our entire marriage. Wow, you've had quite a journey there. I mean, when we're talking today about kids having questions around God and how God made us and how God designed us and our purpose, I mean, what are some of those things that you struggled with as a kid that that you're possibly addressing in this book? I think when I look back on my life, especially as like a preteen and like those those middle school years heading into high school, which the other day, my eighth grade daughter, she was like, I just don't really like eighth grade. And I was like, girl, I didn't either. Like, it is <laughs> I a, didn't either. <laughs> it is a hard time. I'll tell you that. Mm-hmm. But I think I, I wanted to be loved very deeply. And um, I came from parents who did love me deeply. And it wasn't ever enough for me. And now as a mom, I know that it can't. It's not enough. Our, our love for our kids, it can't satisfy this deep longing to be loved and known by God. I wish that it could satisfy it and I would give it to them in an instant to satisfy their whole hearts. But I think looking back, I really wanted to be loved. I wanted to be known. And so for me, that turned into getting a fake version of that through relationships. And um, it really caused a lot of pain and consequences in my life as a, as a teenager and a young adult. And so I, I think back, I don't have memory. This book is built for four to six year olds and I, I don't have memories of that age. But I would Mm -hmm. imagine if I was struggling with this in eighth grade and seventh grade, that it it didn't just come out of anywhere. And so that idea of, is there something that makes me special? And Mm. I know that there is now as a follower of Jesus is because God has crafted me. He's known me before I was born. He created me to do good works that were set apart for me before the beginning of time. And so that probably would have been a deep longing for me as a young teenager. Well, in this new book, you do address all those things for only four to six-year-olds. But let's back up a second and say, well, you know, the foundation of that, we know that kids come to know Christ before the age, most kids come to know Christ before the age of 14. And we at Bible to School talk about that, that their morals and their values and their very identity is molded and formed from four, four years old, four to 14. And you're hitting it right in the sweet spot right here with this book, God Made You to Be You. Tell us about this book. I love that title, God Made You to Be You. It's written for the early ages. Tell us more about it. Yeah, thank you. And and I, I love hearing that said. I wasn't aware of that. And it makes me even more happy to play a small part in these kids' lives. I released a book in 2020 for adults called UBU with this idea of really encouraging women to to live into their passions and their and their talents and their giftings that God had placed in them and to believe God for those things and to not try to be someone else and compare and, and live this like alternative 
reality to what God created them for. And as I was writing that book and releasing, I thought, man, this is a message that I think all of us need to hear, you know, adults, women like like us and young adults and teenagers. And then just this idea of a beautiful board book came to me. And this is such a group project, this book, which is why it makes me even more happy. The illustrations are amazing. I had nothing to do with drawing them. I had a co-writer who really helped me with this book. And so there's this concept of like, Wow. As a mom, one thing I know to be true is that I'm constantly trying to add to the foundation of my kid's life. And I'm feeling that even more as parenting teenagers is that our job as parents is like we're, we're helping this foundation to be developed. Like you said, these truths, these, these moral things that we have, these concepts in God's word that are way beyond morality. And, and they're really based in like scripture and the holiness and the goodness of God. And that those are foundational to our life. And I was reading somewhere recently about how much work goes into building a foundation. And that's what I feel like we're doing as parents in these early years is we're literally just pouring cement day after day after day. Yes. I'm a weirdo who really enjoys watching houses being built. And in my neighborhood on my walk, there's a house that's been being built for a long time. And I remember the day I came home from a trip and they had like the wood up, the so they started building more than just the foundation. And I was so excited because I'm like, all they're doing is building the foundation. Is there anything to this house? <laughs> and it's really kind of how parenting is when we're thinking about these ideas. And, and the young kids, like you said, especially before age 14, we're just building and, and, and adding to a foundation. And again, I don't want to give us as parents too much credit, more credit than is deserved because God is really the author of that. But he's given us this proximity to kids, whether you're a teacher, an aunt, or a parent, to where you get to actually verbally affirm and verbally say over these kids the things that God has said about them. And that's how he builds foundations. And so that's exciting for this book to be for young kids because it's it's another way for kids to know that God made them with a purpose. I love that. And you bring out in the book about unique qualities and unique gifts and like, how can we help children see their unique qualities as a gift. Yeah, yeah. I think that that is hard in one hand because there's this idea that, that kids sometimes don't want to be different. I was telling someone the right. other day, it's, it's difficult as with teenagers because they want to all fit in, but they want to have something special about them. And yes. so they're trying to figure out how do I not be like everyone else, but how uh-huh. do I be like so so different, but I also want to be like everyone else because I want to be cool and I want to be included. And their poor <laughs> little brains and hearts are like trying to figure this out. I think as younger kids, we do have this small window where they're much more accepting mm-hmm. of being different. And, and, and it's a small window because I'll, you know it. If you're parenting yes. a kid who either might have a physical disability or maybe they have a different skin color than a lot of their friends, or maybe they have a learning disability. Maybe they wear glasses at a young age. If you have ever been a, a mom or around a kid that's like that, you know when it hits, when they go, oh, wait, I'm the only one in this room with glasses on. And then something <laughs> switches for them. And so there's this small window where they have this beautiful innocence to them. Yes. And I think it's in those moments, which is what this book, The Age Group, it's for as well. It's in those moments that we as adults get to look at these kids and be like, I believe that we should celebrate differences. Like I believe that God is a holy, good God and he has created us different for a reason. And so with these young kids, we get to say, look at what I see in you that is different and look at what you and God made you with a purpose. Now, a lot of that can be like physical attributes and stuff like that and kind Mm -hmm. of things that are, are tangible to see with our eyes. 
But I think also it's never too early. Obviously, this is going to be like understatement of the year. It's never too early to start really calling out in the kids that we're around the character traits that we see in them. Oh, so you said it, Jamie. You just remember when people compliment you as a kid. It just it they call something out in you. Hey, you're a you're a good tennis player. Yeah, or yeah. you know, it it just it's not your parents saying it. Sometimes it's it's some other people saying it. And yeah, you were talking about being different. One of the things, like you said, kids are always dealing with wanting to be different, but also wanting to be fit in. But in elementary school, high school, middle school, all that, it's tough being different. But growing up, uh, I struggled with being outspoken. I know, and people who know me are listening are, are shocked at that. But if something was wrong in the room, you know, I'd pipe up and say, well, we have to fix this. And this is how we have to fix it. And, and then everybody in the room would look at me and I'd get all red in the face. And I'd think, why can't I just be quiet like my sister who hardly says a word, you know, when people are around? But how would you answer that question for a child? Like, why am I different? Why did God make me different? Yeah, we have that in our house then because our family looks different. Three of our kids joined our family through adoption. And so cool. they were born in different countries. And so they, because of where they were born, they have different skin color than um, my husband and I. And so we've had those questions asked in, mm. you know, in an intimate way within our home, not even from other peers of theirs. Yeah. And one thing that I've always tried to do is, is A, like you have, you have God's word, which you can stand on, which is just that God actually created you. He knew you. He formed you. Like you are the way that you are because God put, put that into you. Now, sometimes when you're really struggling with your identity, you're like, I don't really want to care about what God did. Just tell me why I'm like this. And then you're like, <laughs> well, it's because that's how God created you. So there is this, this truth that we just take God at his word, you know, and we choose to believe it. That's good. There also is a real like humility and truthfulness that we try to bring to our family as well as like, there's sometimes I just don't know. Like, I, I don't know the reason that you have this disease and you have to live with this for the rest of your life. There's no way I could know that. I, I don't know the, I do not have an answer for that. There's mm. nothing I could say to you that's going to make that feel better. We can still, we go back to God's word and we choose to yes. believe it and we choose to do that. And I'm telling you as an adult, it is hard to choose to believe that God is good when things feel bad. And it so is. as a child, it is equally hard to believe that God is good when things feel bad. And so the only thing that we have to offer our kids that we're around is one, us saying, this is hard for me too. Here's mm. what's hard for me. Number two is saying, but I choose to believe that God is good. And we model that for them. That I think is what we can bring to our kids when they're having these identity issues, these questions of why would God do this? Why am I like this when they're like that? A lot of it is, I don't know. I, I don't know why God chose this. But in the midst of not knowing, I know that I can choose to trust him because he's good and holy and history proves that he is always going to take care of his kids. I love that, Jamie. Very well said. Very well said. Let's pause right now and take a question from one of our Bible to School kids. How do you ask Jesus to be part of your life? What a precious opportunity this is to share the gospel with a child and witness the first step of a faith-filled life. First, celebrate that God loves them and made them uniquely for a wonderful purpose, to know Him, to be loved by Him, and to give Him glory in their words and actions. Next, lead them through a conversation that involves the CBAs, like we do at Bible to School. C stands for confess. Everyone needs to confess that you have sinned and made bad choices. B stands for believe. Believe that Jesus died for the forgiveness of your sins. A stands for ask. Ask God to forgive you your sins 
and ask him to be your part of your life forever. Go ahead and read John 3.16 with the child and answer any questions. Also, you can pray out loud with the child. Dear God, I'm sorry for my sins. I believe Jesus died on the cross for the forgiveness of my sins. I want to follow you. Please forgive me and be a part of my life forever. That's how you help a child to ask Jesus to be a part of their life forever. There's one other factor I wanted to ask you about that um, doesn't have to do with your book, but it is something that we always grapple with at the Pennypacker house, my house, uh, that it's that it's that social media thing. It creeps into Bible to school conversations when we're talking to the Bible to the public school children. We deal with elementary age children, but they're on social media six hours a day. I, it just blows my mind. And so like, how would you recommend combating the, those false messages? You talked about comparing earlier, what the, you know, you did that as a kid. Mm-hmm. These kids get bombarded with these social media untruths, you know? Mm-hmm. And so what, what would your advice be to someone who's listening out there? You know, I, I would start with, with the adults. There's this company that I'm a big fan of. It's called Start and it stands for Stand Together and Rethink Technology. And, and they're not against technology, which is I think some people where they go. And I just have the mindset of technology is not going anywhere. So mm-hmm. us being against True. it and banning it is just not going to work out well for our families <laughs> uh, because it's not going anywhere. You know, there's been times even in our own family where I've had to, to talk with my kids and say, I don't understand why the, the value you see can Snapchat. I don't get it. You know, I'm talking to my teenagers. <laughs> And there is a moment where I have to go, this is a new thing for a new generation. Now, all that being said of saying, hey, this isn't going anywhere. So the reason I love Start is because they're really coming alongside parents and helping them. How do we rethink technology? How do we do this in a healthy way? Mm -hmm. Um, For parents, I would also say, you don't have to do anything. Like, Like my kids have definitely said to us, everyone else is doing this. And I have definitely said, I actually don't care because we're not at the IVs. This is not how we're gonna roll. And so just to give some confidence to parents. And then the another thing that I also say is like, man, if I meet a parent and they're not somehow monitoring what their young kids are looking at online without being rude, I want to say your kids are definitely they're hearing false messages. They could be being bullied. They could be seeing pornography. So it's not if it's when. Mm-hmm. And so just to encourage parents as well as like when you're talking with social media, a it's not going anywhere. So how do we rethink it? And B, how do we walk alongside our kids when they enter into the social media world? And so we've done that in different ways at our house, but we don't want to just throw someone into the deep end and put them on Instagram and just throw them in uh, because that's going to be destructive for them. Well, and what your book is doing as a nice tool for parents, for uh, grandparents is to lay that foundation, start that conversation at four, five, six years old of who your identity is. And that's, a, again, what we try to do at Bible to School as well, is that get uh, what God thinks about you is the most important thing in the whole world. Yeah. And so uh, that is the center of your identity. And, and that's how you talk about it in God made you to be you. It was, it was yeah. lovely. Yeah, yeah. Which I think the identity is so important for a couple of reasons. Number one is you're going through and you're growing up and you're trying to figure out who you are. That foundation of, okay, I, I'm, I know I'm struggling with this, but here's my identity. So that foundation is going to be helpful. But listen, we're all humans and we're parenting humans and we're parenting people who are going to make mistakes. And so mm-hmm. in a perfect world, I would love for my kids to get through all 12 years and never have failed. That's not going to happen. And so what I also want is my kids to know that that identity doesn't change even when they mess up. 
that identity True. doesn't change even when they make a very terrible decision that I want to shake them and say, what were you actually thinking? <laughs> I, I don't do that. I want to do that. But I also know that that identity matters when we're mm -hmm. trying to figure out who we are. It matters when we trust God. It also matters when we screw up. Like that identity matters mm -hmm. then too. Yeah, that's a very good point. And, and let's face it, we're human. So mm -hmm. we're, we're always going to get to learn how to deal with that as well. Yep. But yep. I really appreciate that you have zoned in on that, zeroed in on that identity part. Uh, and that's why I was so excited to talk to you today. But our listeners there, a lot of them are parents. Some of them are, are grandparents, uh, aunts and uncles. They're people in their lives of children. They have a circle of influence. Talk about what would you say to someone who, um, how impactful can they be, even if they're not their kids, how can they be impactful for them for Christ with this subject of identity and being unique and how God made them? I think that, you know, I say proximity matters with a lot of areas in our life. It helps you understand people who are different than you, whether that be racially, socioeconomic, um, whatever it might be, that proximity changes things when you're around someone. And I think the same is true when we're pouring into kids' lives, is if you have proximity into a child's life, whether you are their first grade teacher, you are their aunt, you are their next door neighbor, you are their dance teacher, that proximity, that ability to speak to them on a consistent basis, oftentimes could start to feel like, am I really making a difference? Does this really matter? But we hear story after story after story from grown adults who remember the name of their second grade teacher. And the reason yes. they remember the name of their second grade teacher I do Miss Miss Muldowney <laughs> is because Miss Muldowney was impactful to you. Yes. And it probably wasn't because she taught you how to read. It wasn't because you had this fun recess moment. It's because you felt loved and seen by her. And so I just think that so many times we can maybe not give the full weight of what that moment is in a kid's life. And like I said, I'm parenting teenagers. There's oftentimes that I feel like they could care less if I'm speaking into their life truths or goodness or, you know. But what I do know, because I'm grown and have lived through that, is that those things actually do stick around and they actually mm -hmm. do mean something. And so just to encourage whoever is listening and you have proximity and you have influence over someone's life to continue to use it even when you don't feel like it's being received. And I don't mean that in a pounding a, a Bible over someone's head because that does not work out well for people. But I mean, continue to love, continue to care, continue to show up, continue to show empathy, because that does actually, that's like putting money in a bank account. You know, they say like, you got to get your love tank all full. And when you're around someone and you're able to fill up that tank of compassion and love and kindness, it matters and God uses it and he sees it. Well, Jamie, if our listeners are looking to find this book, God Made You to Be You, where would they find it? Christmas is coming up. They probably have kids that they know or somebody maybe uh, just had a baby or something, where would they find the book and where would they find you, Jamie? Well, it's fun. I think I, I know I'm biased, but I think this would be just the best little like uh, first birthday gift or, or Christmas <laughs> gift. I mean, you can find it anywhere you buy books. So where you normally would buy books, you can find it there. If you want more information, you can go to GodMadeYouToBeYou.com and we've got information there to buy, to see all the things. And I'm at JamieIvy.com. So everything you need to know about me is there. Awesome. Well, it was so great to talk to you. I've learned so much. What a relief to know that God made us unique and on purpose, that I, I can be outspoken and God still uses yes. that. <laughs> yes. And the kids need to know that. Thank you for all you're doing to encourage the people in the kingdom, Jamie. Really appreciate it. Would you mind praying for our listeners as we close out? Would love to. Thank you. God, we love you so much. And we thank you for the people you put around us that we have influence over. 
God, everyone has influence over whoever is around them. And so I'm particularly asking you to show us um, where we're influencing the kids in our lives. And God, would you just move in our hearts and give us the words to say, give us the ability to communicate truth, big truths about you to little ears. God, I thank you that, that you love these kids that we're influencing more than we ever could. And I just thank you that we have something really great to offer them, the good news of Jesus. And so with every conversation, would it be laced with the truths of how much they are loved uh, by God who sent Jesus to save us. And so we love you and pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you. I really enjoyed our conversation with Jamie today. How about you? Feel free to go to our show page to find out more about Jamie Ivey's new book, God Made You, and other resources from Jamie. If you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and share it with a friend. And join the conversation with us on Bible to School's Facebook and Instagram pages. As always, you can explore bringing a Bible to School program to your local public school and share many of the things that Jamie and I spoke about with your children's friends. Reach out to us through our website, BibleToSchool.com. That's Bible, the number two, school.com. Next time, I'm going to share with Lee my favorite Bible to School lesson, and it has to do with Jonah and second chances. I love that we have a God who made a way for us to have second chances. And kids do too. I love that you and I can tell the children this good news. Won't you join us? You won't want to miss it. We'll see you next time.